Blog Talk Radio.
Hey, good evening, everybody. Welcome to Night Visions with WPRS. I'm Eric, and, well, Wendy will hopefully be joining us shortly. Sorry for the hiatus for a while. Things have been crazy between work and taking care of car stuff and all that other fun stuff. Haven't, you know, had a lot of extra time. But I wanted to come and let you guys know we're still around and still waiting for everybody to send some ideas in. You know, we'd love to hear some ideas for shows, like if there's somebody you want us to talk to or, you know, some topic you want us to talk about, please let us know. You can contact me or contact Wendy or you can go to the Night Visions website or Facebook page or WPRS's and let us know. And everybody knows, of course, I'm here with Visionique and Nakoma and McCary's even here tonight. So I wanted to find out how everybody's doing, too. I know with all this COVID stuff going on, it seems like things are getting back to normal a little bit more. Thank goodness, you know, they have the vaccines now. You know, I know we talked about it a lot, and at first we were saying, you know, oh, we were going to wait to get it, but decided to go ahead and take the plunge. Got my first one uh, last Saturday, and doing pretty good. I got my next dose coming up later this month. I know there's, you know, the three different ones that I've heard about, you know, would love to hear, you know, people's opinion on them because I've heard so many different things. You know, they got the Johnson and Johnson, which is the one shot. And then they have the, um, oh my gosh, visor. And the M1 that I can't remember off the top of my head. (laughs) How embarrassing. But I know a lot of people were hesitant on getting it because it's so new. But I guess got to kind of consider all the factors. You know, the quicker we can get this mess under control, the quicker the world can go back to being semi-normal, although... You know, when things get normal, people get abnormal. Because I don't know if you guys experience where you are, but the drivers, I'm sorry to say this, and I hope I don't offend anybody, but the drivers in Virginia are the worst drivers I have ever had to deal with in my entire life. And I'm not just picking on them, but I don't know. I've never driven somewhere where the drivers act as if they're so angry with you. I mean, I would rather drive in New York during rush hour than deal with Virginia drivers. But, you know, um, I work in Virginia, so I have to just deal with it. And I'm sure they probably feel the same way about North Carolina drivers. Because you know what they say, North Carolina drivers are the ones that like to follow you so close they can count the dust specks or pollen pieces on your bumper. 
and tell you how many scratches you have or dents or dings or anything. So I guess everywhere you have to deal with drivers. I want to let you guys know, too, we are going to have a show coming up soon, and it's going to be talking about Fort Magruder because we have quite a few things to share with everybody of experiences that we had when we were there. They're kind of, some of them are really cool. Some are probably will keep you on the edge of your seat. But for those that love like paranormal, that place is off the charts. I'm telling you, it's, it's so much fun to go there. And I do have to do a talk, a little talk about Bush Gardens, because everybody knows, you know, I go to Bush Gardens, me and Wendy, we go all the time, but we've kind of cut down. And a lot of it's because, you know, not because of COVID, but just busy with other stuff. But I do have to say that having the park open year-round has been Amazing because there are times, you know, where you're not sure what you want to do, and you can go there. And while the crowds are getting bigger now, I heard, you know, mixed reports because right now they're doing their food and wine. And it's from what I heard, you know, some people like it, some people don't. But, you know, we all have to remember things are going to be different now, especially with. COVID. I mean, I hate to keep bringing that word up or make excuses, but, you know, we've had to change the way we do a lot of things. I mean, wearing the mask all the time and keeping, you know, social distancing and although it's kind of cool and this is so awesome for all the DeLoreans fans, if you check out their um, Facebook page, the DeLoreans, they have a lot of stuff coming up. They are starting to do more. They had a, like a skate one where you could skate and listen to them playing, and it was so awesome. Um, Had a good time with them. You know, you could roller skate. You could rock with them. I wanted to send a special shout-out. I know she's not listening, but friend Krista, who kind of got in a festive mood too much and fell and broke her wrist. So hope she's feeling better. You know, it's always hard to see when someone gets hurt, but she was having a good time. And it was kind of neat seeing the different band members skating around too. But they were having a good time, just like everybody that was there. But you have to check them out this year if you haven't. Oh, hey, everybody. Guess what? It looks like we have a caller. Should we see who it is? Yeah, let's bring them on. Let's surprise them and bring them on and hope they want to talk. So hold on and we'll bring them on. Caller, are you there? Yes, I'm here. How are you tonight? Good. 
Hey, everybody. Guess who it is? It's Wendy's mom. <laughs> and? And? How are you? And Alexis, her daughter. And, of course, Wendy. Hi. Hi. Hey. Hey. <laughs> How are you guys doing tonight? Oh, nothing much. Just kind of going to entertain everybody tonight with some ghost stories. Ghost stories. Wow. <laughs> so what what are you guys up to tonight? I'm, we're watching the mass singer, but I've got a ghost in my house. Her name is Mary. Oh yeah. So we're gonna have to share that sometime with everybody because I've experienced that too. I've experienced Mary. <laughs> yeah, sometimes Mary opens the door It sounds like she does Actually, I don't think it's really a ghost But we call it a ghost anyway But sometimes we hear noises And we call it Mary But maybe it's not really a ghost But anyway, we we have fun with it Well, that's good At least it doesn't make you feel uncomfortable staying there Okay, here's Wendy back. Okay. Wendy's going to talk. Hey, how's everybody doing tonight? <laughs> Eric, you're supposed to say hello. <laughs> anyway, I'll be checking in on y'all a little bit later. I'm going to let you uh, have Eric have some ghost stories going on there. So, um... I'll be tuning in a little bit later. Bye, y'all. All right, with me. Bye. Thanks for calling in. We'll see you later. Bye. Bye. Wow. So that was a neat surprise for everybody. Wendy calling in on her podcast. Woohoo! I want everybody to know the reason I decided to do the ghost stories is I don't know if you're like me, but, you know, I get tired of every day. It seems like we're bombarded with, you know, bad news, sad news, um, this or that, you know. I'm tired of hearing, uh, you know, all the talk about, you know, those in leadership like the president, you know, I mean, I know people don't like certain presidents, but, you know, we have to take things as they are, give them a chance, see how things go. I mean, we've had some other presidents and, you know, people didn't like them either, but then they showed and did differently. So, you know, let's just continue living our lives instead of spending all this time, you know, like, Fussing about everything, but I, what I why I chose ghost stories. I said because a good spooky story is one that makes us question the things that that we know. One that draws us in. There's something entertaining about a good scare. 
And that's why we love horror movies. Oh, yes. When I was younger, I loved horror movies. I watched every type of horror movie. I even watched the cheesy ones. We liked the jump scares, the strange happenings in the basement of a haunted house that convince us to never go somewhere alone. There are towns and buildings all over the world that are haunted by ghosts. Whether it's an old woman in a long white dress, and that's always what it seems like. It's always a white dress. A little girl who likes to giggle and run down the hallways, or an angry old man seeking revenge. There's always something or someone. And, you know, we all know that stories about ghosts are popular around Halloween. It's sleepovers. I can remember sleepovers and, you know, let's tell scary stories. And you get in your sleeping bag and hide, you know, sitting around a campfire or reading online in the middle of the night. And, do you know, some people even like to tell stories on Christmas Eve. And everybody knows the famous Christmas-themed ghost story by Charles Dickens, A Christmas Carol, one of my most favorite, 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 favorite ones. And a spooky tale follows a man who is tormented by an apparition of his former business partner and spirits of the past, present, and future. And speaking of that, you know, Bush Gardens has their version, and it is, so amazing. The thing is, not all ghost stories are fiction. In fact, most ghost stories are real. Scary stories are scary stories for a reason. They are the unsettling accounts and experiences in a haunted house or in the dark woods, hearing voices or strange noises, or of abnormal sightings and ghostly activity. Sometimes the things we hear and see are so real that they almost feel unexplainable. Real ghost stories are the ones that linger in your mind just as you're trying to fall asleep at night, ones that make you fear the dark, no matter if you're a kid or not. There's a haunting feeling that comes from people witnessing a ghost or paranormal activity because it's real people with real experiences of the unexplainable. If you have a fascination for the supernatural and are in the mood to get spooked, here are some of the best ghost stories out there. These stories aren't for the, aren't for the faint of heart. So if you're ready to face your fear of the unknown, then by all means. So hold on to your seats. As we go into the R Theater in Auburn, Illinois, not long after a man named Robin Terry purchased a movie theater to fix up, did he begin to experience strange happenings, like voices in empty hallways and footsteps going from room to room. Robin brought in a psychic who told him, that a person named John Wayne was haunting the building and that she kept seeing images of a clown. Another psychic came in and claimed to have heard laughter, like a manic, cackling kind of laugh. Then 
Robin came into the possession of a beautiful wooden armoire. This piece of furniture was once owned by the attorney of the infamous serial killer, John Wayne Gacy, a man who had preyed upon young men and boys while dressed as his alter ego, a clown named Pogo. When Gacy was on death row, he painted, and some of these sinister portraits were kept in the wooden armoire. People who have visited the art theater have experienced bizarre happenings, a bright light appearing in a blacked-out room, shadows moving throughout the hallways, and a paranormal investigator noted a voice coming through a spirit box saying that someone named John was coming and from hell. I'd like to go there. Now, we're going to take a giant step and go to the Crescent Hotel in Eureka Springs, Arkansas. The Crescent Hotel is considered to be America's most haunted hotel based on the story of Norman Baker, a medical fraud who bought the hotel and turned it into a hospital to treat patients after he claimed to have the cure to cancer. When the patients died under his care, he buried their bodies in the basement as a makeshift morgue. The spirit of every patient he killed still roams the halls of this haunted hotel to this day. In fact, Paranormal investigators from Ghost Adventures show went to the basement morgue and witnessed something or someone move. One hotel manager claimed that he had discovered a portal to the other side for those who were on the same frequency. Another manager who ran the nightly ghost tours said that guests would grow pass out in the same exact location. Upon investigation, this spot was where the portal was located, which was directly above the basement morgue. Wow. That sounds like somewhere I want to go. Oh, here's one that I've heard about. The House of Death in Greenwich Village, New York. The house is considered to be New York's most haunted building. Seeing that there are around 22 ghosts who have been spotted roaming the halls. Writer Mark Twain lived here from 1900 to 1901, claiming to have experienced supernatural incidents, like a wood paneling moving in midair. His ghost has been seen walking down the stairs, and in 1937, a mother and daughter bumped into his ghost perched on a window seat. That's kind of weird. This was the site of a number of incidents, including a murder-suicide and the beating death of a six-year-old. In 1957, a famous actress and psychic, Jan Bryant Bartell, felt a monstrous moving shadow follow her around the home. She saw a man standing in the hallway, and when she reached out to touch it, she felt a substance without substance. 
Ooh, creepy. It's chilly, damp. So, yeah, I guess that would set the mood. I can feel my fingers freeze at the tips. They were numb, and yet they tingled. In the split second between contact and recoil, the scent came, fragile, excuse me, and languorous, and sweet, unbearably, cloningly sweet. Ooh. Here's another one. The Dakota in New York City. This late 19th century building is an expensive and quite haunted apartment building in Manhattan, New York. Ooh. Located in Central Park West, this building had a role in the horror classic Rosemary's Baby and also the site where John Lennon was killed. John Lennon was assassinated by a crazed fan while on the steps of the Dakota in 1980. It has been said that his apparition, apparition, excuse me, lingers near the stairs, leaning up against the wall in his white suit. His wife, Yoko Ono, still lives here and says she once saw his ghost sitting at the piano. He also had told her, do not be afraid, I am still with you. Before he died, Lennon claimed to have seen a crying lady ghost roaming the halls. Workers and residents of the building have witnessed rugs and large pieces of furniture being moved. An adult man with the face of a small boy and friendly little girl waving through the window. Well, I know where I'm going. I'm going to the Dakota in New York City because... Yeah, as you guys can hear, Wendy now is in the studio. Hi, I have arrived. Nice to see you with everyone again. Yeah, so we got a special treat, man. Wendy called in and now she's here. <laughs> and even got to talk to her mom. Yeah, my mom was really excited to be on the show. So y'all have to listen if you aren't. Get your friends to listen. Get your parents to listen. Get your neighbors to listen. This is the first time she's ever been on Night Vision, and she loved it. Yes, so that was quite an honor for us and quite an honor that I got to take the call. Okay, before I continue with my ghost stories, see, I wanted to share something with you guys, kind of like on a lighter side, because it came to my mind. When I was a kid, you know how when you tell ghost stories, sometimes you like to tell a scary joke. Well, I actually have a scary joke for you guys. Well, as a kid, it was scary. So I'm going to share it with you guys, and I know you guys are going to all have me committed to the loony bin, and Wendy's going to say, dude. But anyway. As long as it's not like the opposite it's not. Well, anyway, this lady went to a movie theater, and she's watching a scary movie, and her phone rings. So she decides to go and take this call. So she answers, you know, says a normal hello, and she hears, this is a bloody finger. 
And she's like, what in the world? And she's like, hello, hello, who is this? And all she hears is, this is a bloody finger. Well, it kind of startles her because, you know, being she was in a scary movie, so she decides she's going to head on home. Well, she gets in her car, and this is before, you know, you couldn't talk on your phone while driving. Her phone rings again. She answers it. Hello? This is a bloody finger. She's like, okay, this is, like, really weird now. Well, she's really freaking out now. She gets home, gets in her house. Her phone rings again. Hello? This is a bloody finger. She's like, okay, whoever this is, stop calling me. Well, next thing she knows, she hears a knock on her door. She doesn't want to answer the door, so she walks up to the door and she hears, this is a bloody finger. So now she's really, really freaking out. So she runs up the stairs. She goes in her bedrooms and locks herself in her closet. Well, the next thing she hears is the door opening. She hears someone coming up the stairs gets to the doorway of her bedroom, and she hears, this is a bloody finger. Well, she is so scared by now. So she stays in her closet. Then she doesn't hear anything. So she decides, okay, I'm going to open my closet and hope. She opens the closet, and all of a sudden she hears, do you have a Band-Aid? As a kid, that was scary, okay? I told you, right now, it's cheesy because I know better. But as a kid, hearing about the bloody finger, I mean, (laughs) so I'm really curious for those that listen in, send your comments to Wendy and she'll decide which ones she's going to share with me or which ones she'll keep to herself. Under all her laughter. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Now back to my story. Now we're going to go to Dead Woman's Crossing in Weatherford, Oklahoma. Oh, kind of like Dead Man's Crossing, but uh, Dead Woman's Crossing. Yes. In the early 1990s. Wow. Katie DeWitt James left her home with her baby. Lulu. Lulu. After oh, following, Lulu. yeah, that's what you call your. Let's see. Yeah. Lulu. <laughs> after filing for divorce from her abusive husband, she had plans to move in with her cousin, but instead moved in with a local prostitute. Oh boy, Franny Norton in Weatherford, Oklahoma. Katie was last seen leaving the house with her baby and Franny. However, none of them returned. Katie was missing, and Franny had taken Lulu to a farm and left her there. After Franny was caught, taken into custody and questioned by police, she poisoned herself. What? A month later, in Deer Creek, closed skeleton was found along with the skull three feet away with a bullet in it 
and a caliber gun sitting nearby. It was concluded that Franny had killed Katie the month prior. People have heard a woman looking for a baby and the sound of rolling wheels and have seen Katie appearing as blue light. And now one of our most favorite, favorite, favorite places to go. Yeah, can I tell what it is? Yes. Eastern State Penitentiary. Family, Pennsylvania. Yes. Yeah. I missed it. COVID came and shut it down, but that's okay. They're back. Everything is going to be okay. <laughs> anyway, don't you get started? Sorry. Yeah, we were, we've, we've been there. <laughs> Loved it. Loved it. I missed it so bad. And they had a, that was where we went to that um, haunted thing, right? Yeah. And that was off, yes, that was off the hook. Mm-hmm. But this Philadelphia-based prison took solitary confinement to a whole new level. Everything the prisoners did, they did alone. Eating, living, and exercising. Guards would even cover their heads when they left their cells so they wouldn't see see or be seen. There were around 300 prisoners in solitary receiving such harsh punishment, being dunked in ice water baths and then hung on a wall in the middle of winter until ice formed on the skin. I remember this, too. The mad chair, they cut off circulation, the iron gag, and the hole. Oh, yes. This was apparently to help criminals find penance, remorse, and salvation. In reality, it drove many prisoners insane. The prison has a number of ghosts haunting the ground. Chicago gangster Al Capone, who served eight months here, we saw his cell. Man, I'll stay in his cell. Yeah, he was decked out to the nuns, man. <laughs> <It> was... <laughs> oh, I remember this. Warden Herbert Harboiled Smith. Harboiled. Two guards who were murdered and hundreds of inmates who were either murdered or had died from disease in old age. Oh, yes, cell block 12 has voices and cackling. Cell block 4 has silhouette of a guard in the tower. Footsteps, wailing, whispers. Sometime in the 90s, Nearly 20 years after the prison closed down, a locksmith had entered cell block four and felt someone gripping him so tightly he couldn't move. Now, this this is the stuff that kind of gets to me because they make paranormal investigators kind of sound, you know. Wacky doodle. Yeah. Dozens of paranormal investigators and researchers have visited and left with the belief that it is the hub of otherworldly activities, often referred to as the prison of horrors, 
This is also considered one of the most haunted places in America. Night and day tours are offered. If one wants to see the crumbling dark cells and the long, narrow hallways leading to death row. But, yes, if you ever get the chance to go here, please, please, please He ranks up there with Waverly and Moundsville, West Virginia State Penitentiary, and Missouri State Penitentiary. There's definitely a bucket list if you don't have enough, if you've never been. And we've decided that once COVID has kind of died down enough, because I'm sorry to tell everybody, you know, here's a little spoiler. It's not going away, okay? It's not going away. No. Well, we got our shot. Did you tell that? Yes, I told everybody we got our shot. <laughs> We weren't going to, but decided it was for the best. Plus, I miss spending time with Alexis. Yeah. That, that was number, probably number two reason I did it. No one was for me, but, you know, I can say it's probably number two. Maybe three, because, I mean, my parents are getting up there in age, and they need, I needed to do it. That's all I'm going to say is I needed to do it. So I did it. I needed to do it, too, because I told everybody I didn't do it for myself. I did it for others, mm-hmm. and that was my biggest reason. Plus, I even heard some of the DeLoreans got their shots, too, so. <laughs> They were in good company, eh? Yes. Oh, yes. Here's another one. Here's the tale of the House of Seven Gables in Salem, Massachusetts. Ah, uh, Another place I want to go to again, Salem, Massachusetts. I've never been. You haven't? Oh. No. Nope. You're in for a treat. Yep. Is legendary for the history of the witch trials and other spooky entities. The Turner Ingersoll Mansion is known as the House of the Seven Gables, and it has had a number of ghostly reports because the house is now a museum quite popular around Halloween. Visitors have seen some spooky, unsettling things. A man climbing up and down the secret staircase. A little boy who giggles and runs around the attic. And even Susanna Ingersoll, the cousin of Nathaniel Hawthorne and the author of the novel The House of Seven Gables. One visitor heard a woman's voice in his ear whispering, Shh! And when he turned around expecting to see his girlfriend, no one was there. (laughs) (laughs) You need to be on a Halloween show. Yeah, I know. Oh, we're going to talk about the creepy little man. The creepy little man? Yes, creepy little man. 
the Jean Harlow House in Los Angeles, California. Never been to California. I know they're bucket list, but I don't think I'll ever get there. This Beverly Hills home has some unexpected, gruesome, dark history. In 1932, famous actress Jean Harlow and her abusive husband, Paul Byrne, lived in here shortly before Paul shot himself while standing in front of the mirror. Jean moved out and died a few years later. Then, in 1963, celebrity hairstylist Jay Sabrique and the famous actress Sharon Tate moved in. And they lived there together until she left him for Roman Polanski. When they lived in the house, however, here it comes. Tate witnessed seeing a creepy little man who resembled Byrne. When she fled the room and ran downstairs in fear, she then heard that she then had a vision of an entity tied to the railing and with its throat slashed. A few Years later, both Jay Sabrig and Sharon Tate were murdered by members of the Charles Manson cult. Kishlingly enough, the house they were murdered in was only two miles away from the house they had once lived in. Yeah, you missed it. I went, there's a place in Manhattan where um, John Lennon was but we have to go. It's in New York by Central Park. John Lennon there? Yeah. No. Yes. People have seen. Oh, okay. Yeah, we're going. I'm going to see if I can find that real quick. Cause the Dakota. The Dakota. And it's also, that, that building had the wall in the Rosemary's Baby, too. But where John Lennon was killed by the Klan, 1980, right there. I think we walked by this building when we were in New York. We probably did. It had no freaking idea. Well, we got to go back. And now let's go to, we're going to jump to Serenci, Georgia, the Serenci House Ghost. Ooh, a story about a ghost. That place was possessed by something evil. A witness claimed about the Serenci house, owned by Alan Powell Serenci. In 1870, the Serenci family had been living in this Georgian house, claiming that dishes and glasses fell out of the cabinet, books tumbled off of shelves, Doors opened and closed. Unexplained voices and screams were heard. Bed covers moved and rolled down, and so much more. Visitors went to the house and experienced similar spooky and chilling things, too. After the family moved out of the house, no one lived there ever again, and the home eventually burned to the ground in 1925. That's sad. Hmm. Oh, 
Now we're going to jump to Mariana, Florida. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. Mariana, Florida. The ghost of Bellamy Bride. It was sometime in the 1830s when a woman named Elizabeth Jane Croom Bellamy, the daughter of wealthy North Carolina planner, married a wealthy doctor named, hey, wait a minute, Samuel C. Bellamy. Oh, this one. The ghostly legend states that her dress caught on fire from a candle flame covering her body in horrible burns. Although she survived, she died a few days later and were buried along the Chipola River in Mariana, Florida. It has been said that she is wandering the banks dressed in her white gown. Some have seen this young woman appearing on fire and diving straight into the swamp water to douse the flames. This almost sounds like the story we were told from um, Booker. Sounds also like one of the ones that was uh, told by one of our friends, uh, one of our paranormal investigator friends, uh, Stephen Arcatellus. Oh, yeah. Yeah, speaking of him, maybe we can get that crazy fool back on here. Because <laughs> I know everybody enjoyed him. I, I honestly enjoyed him. I can't lie about it. He, he's to the extreme, but he's awesome. Oh, I don't know. I now, if anybody would like to have Stephen Arkansas on our show, please message him and tell him to be on tonight's vision. We need your support. Yes, because we kind of had experience with him, and he kind of parted ways, per se. Yeah, he kind of gave up on us. So we're Ooh. back, and we need him back. Just give him a message, please. I don't know if I'm going to tell that one. Oh. Birmingham, Alabama? Yeah, Slotsburg. Yeah, because this is where um, TWC went and someone else went. This brother's problem. But in Birmingham, Alabama, boy, when you used to be down there. We just. That was just on TV the other week. I forgot who was that. Oh, wow. Oh, that's where Jack was. Jack and Ozzy. Oh, that's right. I wish I could have gone when they went there. <laughs> Ozzy. Ah, ah, ah. I can't even do his laugh. I wish I could get him on here to do his laugh. I didn't know this. Birmingham, Alabama was founded shortly after the Civil War in 1871. Oh, didn't know that either. Yeah. And it says, in order to fix the crumbling infrastructure as a result of the war, Colonel James Withers Sloss hired people to work on blast furnaces transforming coal and ore into hard steel. This job was incredibly dangerous, and many workers were falling to their death and being incinerated in the furnaces. Then James Slag Wormwood came along. 
He was a foreman in charge of the workers during the graveyard shift. I bet this is what um, Stephen King based his story, Graveyard Shift, on. The period between sunset and sunrise. Slag took risk to improve production, and that evidently led to more than 50 deaths from lack of sleep, no breaks, low visibility, and heat exhaustion while working in 120-degree weather. There were a number of accidents, including an explosion that left six workers burned blind. History states that he lost his footing and fell into a pool of melted iron ore, his body melting within seconds. How any, how many, however many have thought that because he had never wanted to set foot on top of the furnace, it was the workers who had tossed him into the furnace. There are over a hundred reports of suspected paranormal activity here. People have heard an echo of get back to work in Slag's voice. And a man with a badly burned face approaches them and tells them, push some steel. Workers have stated that there is an unnatural presence around the work site. One night watchman even came face to face with the most frightening thing he had ever seen. A half man, half demon. Here we go, demon. demon. Who pushed him and beat him with his fist. The watchman was examined, his face covered with intense burns. Yeah, that's a place I've always wanted to go. And it's not because I want to test state, but I don't know. These places just intrigue me because it's kind of like, um, oh, my gosh, where is the uh, where is the place that we finally got to go that everybody said was super evil and bad to go to? Ben Alvin? Yeah. Yes, that's it. And, you know, they're like, oh, don't go there, please. You know, we had people crying because we were going. Oh, yeah. But, and that's what I'm saying. I want to go because, as everybody knows, and let's say it together, Wendy has been called the Demon Tamer. <laughs> so we want to go there and just see. We have. Not to sloss. I'm sorry, Sloth, but we went to St. Albans, and everybody can believe it. You know, Wendy went to the to the called bowling alley. Said, "Oh my God, there's a portal there. People are scared." And she walked down there alone. And why did I let her go there alone? And I'm asking, you're asking me why I didn't let her? <laughs> I don't own her. I don't control her. She does her thing and. If you try to control her, she'll tell you to get my purse. Yes. So, ooh, I got to tell you about this one because it seems like we're getting to the end of this hour. I hope you guys have enjoyed my scary stories. I hope it, I hope it's intrigued you. 
And I'm going to tell you, you guys will love it. So please tune in. As you know, Hartsfields will follow Night Vision. We'll be at 9 o'clock. So tune in. You won't want to miss it. I guarantee it will be off the hook. Well, anyway, love you guys. Have a good night. Night, y'all. Yes. Have a good night. Bye, everybody. Oh